Once upon a time, there was a guy, a city guy, somebody from the city. And he decided, I'm going to go visit some relatives, and they live out in the country, right? Anybody from the country? Anybody from, the, from Campo? You, guys, you from the Campo? All right, anybody else? All right, okay, I, I, I love the Campo. I like the, I, I like the farmlands and the countryside. I do. So he decided to go from the city to the countryside to visit some relatives. And while he's there, he's observing a farmer, and he's watching in awe, right, as this farmer is just like, yo, he's, he's getting cattle, he's moving animals from left to right. He's doing, I mean, he's, he's watching in amazement, like, man, this guy really knows what he's doing. Then his amazement increased when he saw the farmer's dog, like, um, gather the, the, the cattle together and then herd them into like their cat, like their, what is it called? Like their corral area, right? So this dog, he watched this dog like circle around and get all the cattle to move in one direction. And then he said that the dog got up and with his paw closed the, the latch. And he was like, man. So he went to the farm. He's like, wow, that's some dog. What's her name? The farmer uh, thought about it for a moment, and uh, he struggled with remembering things, and he, he was trying to remember, and then he says, what do you call that red flower that, um, that smells good and has thorns on its stem? And the guy goes like, a rose? Yes, that's it. So the farmer turned to his wife, and he says, Rose. What's the name of our dog? <laughs> right? Hey, that one was a hit. Write it down. <laughs> Some of us are forgetful. Who of us, who, who, how many of us are forgetful here? Right? We forget. We forget. We forget. I like to say that we forget because we're just, we have so many important things going through our minds, you know, that, you know, just the things that maybe are not so important. Get, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> Some of us have selective amnesia. Yeah. We tend to forget the things we want to forget, right? Some of us never forget a thing. You know, some women never forget a thing. Don't you remember 10 years ago? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. We've all had those conversations. Any of us that are married, we've had conversations when our wives have reminded us about something that happened many, 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 many years ago. On a serious note, there are times that we should actually forget things. Like, wait a minute, what? You want? Yeah, yeah, there are times that we should actually forget. Today is the last Sunday of 2021. What a year. First of all, I blinked and the year's over. I don't understand where it went. I don't understand where it went. But this was quite the year. It was, it was almost, and I want to I just sum it up. 
um, there were some great things that happened and some bad things that happened and happy things and sad things. But I, I want to say this. For me, I felt like 2021 was a disappointment to my expectations. Because 2020, we were all at home like, I can't wait till next year. I can't wait till next year. So things open up and everything's different and we can go back to life and it's normal and blah, blah, blah. And then 2021 came and we're like, we still here? What is this? What is this? We all imagined 2021 differently than what it was. Twenty twenty one was a great year for some and a and a very sad year for many. As we celebrate marriages and we mourn deaths of loved ones. In five and a half days, about five and a half days, many of us will gather together with our family, with our loved ones, to celebrate and bring in the new year. The new year, when I hear new year, we automatically knows what comes with that. There's some planning. My wife has already has a, a structure plan. She's got some things planned out of how she wants to do some things in the house. This house is going to be. I said, yes, just, just post it up where I can see it. And I got you. I'll do whatever, just post it up. Some people are prepping. Some people are planning. Some people are making these resolutions, resolutions of what they are going to do differently in the incoming year, in the next coming year. When we start to think about the next year, some of us, we take a step further to reevaluate our lives. Where are we at this year? Like, what have I actually done? What have I actually done? What have, have I have I been successful in this year? Has this been a successful year or not? And then, not to measure it by the success of the world, but to measure it by success according to the word of God. Because anybody, I mean, I can almost say this, anybody that just applies himself could be successful worldly in a worldly sense. Anybody can go out there and hustle and be successful in the, in the eyes of the world. But are we truly being successful for the kingdom? Some of us, in reflecting of the last year, we realize that we want to change for the better. We want to be a better husband. We want to be a better wife. We want to be better sons and daughters. You know, we say, you know what, I, I, want, I want to be a better employee. You know what, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to take four 15-minute breaks. I'm going to take two. Some of us want to be better employers and not take advantage of our employees. Some of us want to get in better shape. That's number one on the list, Right? And there's some of you that have actually thought, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better follower of Christ. 
I want to be a better disciple. Now, they all have goals and challenges, and although we expect the challenges, how many of you love a fresh start in those areas? I mean, anybody? Who wants a fresh start? Let's turn to the Word of God this morning and see what the Word says about a fresh start. We're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19. And it says, do not, do not remember. Hold on, you guys want me to use a regular mic? Do not remember. They want me to keep going, but I'm a little distracted. You guys know I have ADHD, right? Y'all know I have ADHD. (laughs) There it is. All right. All right. Thank you. A normal person could have kept going. But y'all know. One thing for me. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, it says, Do not remember, meaning forget, the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hmm. So check this out. Um, before we get into the meat of the message, I, wanna, I want you guys to understand, first of all, who's saying this. The prophet Isaiah is delivering this message to the people of, of, his, of Israel. Actually, more specifically, uh, Judah. But I'm going to tell, tell you what's happening here. Isaiah lived in a time, he was a prophet for the, for the Lord, and, and he lived in a time where God's people were divided. You had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom being the kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom being the kingdom of Judah. At this time, we already know that Israel had turned away from God. They had turned their backs to the Lord. And Judah was not too far behind. They were not too far behind. They were not as, they was not as far in as Israel was, but they were following in that same direction. They were heading in that direction. So what happens is... Uh, Uh, Isaiah, he's there to warn the people of Judah of the coming judgment of God due to their immorality, due to their political corruption, their social injustices, spiritual idolatry. If we look at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, it says, Listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children I raised and care for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows his owner. Man, that's, in case you don't know, that's almost an insult. That's pretty much saying, that's saying this animal can respect their owner. Like, meaning like, y'all can't even respect God, but this guy, this, this animal respects, okay, okay. Even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master's care. And donkeys are considered to be stubborn animals, right? And even donkey can acknowledge a master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with a burden of guilt. They are evil people. 
corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Now, because the people have turned their backs on God, they have chosen to accept sin. So what happens is what they're being told, you know, Isaiah's there, he's trying to tell them, listen, let's turn your back to sin. Turn your back on sin and come back to the Lord. And what they've done is they turned their back on God and have chosen the sin in their lives. Isaiah tells them that they will be defeated. God would deliver them and allow them to be delivered into the hands of the Babylonians that would make them captive and slaves once again. Once again. Isaiah 31, 39 5 to 7 says, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Listen to this message from the Lord of heaven's armies. The time is coming when everything in your palace, all the treasures stored up by your ancestors until now, will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your very own sons will be taken away into exile. They will become eunuchs who will serve in the palace of the Babylon, Babylon's king. In our scripture today, God was calling the nation to desire a new beginning, a new start, to turn away from the things of the past and to look forward and move forward. God was calling them to repent but what do these words tell us today? I mean, God, if Isaiah is telling, speaking to the nation of Judah, and it's to keep them from falling captive to the Babylonians, how does this scripture apply to me today? I mean, am I going to be a captive to the Babylonians? No. But the sad thing is this. There are many people, and I say this because we know that the obvious people that don't have the Lord in their hearts um, have been deceived and, and they're heading in, a, in, they're, they're in captivity and a slave to sin. We, 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 some of us understand that, but there's some of us that have called ourselves Christians and we accept the Christ that yet, even within the body of Christ, are still being held captive to some of the things in this world. Do we understand that? There are some things that, ha that are keeping some people captive, yet even after a person has proclaimed to follow God. And many, many times it's because this individual has chosen not to let something go. Many of us, you know, due to our rebellion, idolatry okay so what's rebellion rebellion is when you're told to, it, it's it's almost like a like a, a disobedience on steroids is what rebellion is that's what rebellion is because disobedience disobedience is to be told to let's okay it's real simple stand here right disobedience is saying no i'm gonna stand here rebellion is like not only am i not gonna stand there 
I'm going to stand here, 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 here. And, and you know what? Hey, you, you, come over here with me and stand here with me, even though they told us to stand there. And you, 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 come here, come here. And, we, and, we, and, and it's like it's a, it's a disobedience times 100. Rebellion is knowing what you should be doing and choosing to say, well, I just don't feel like doing that. I know the truth but I'm just not going to apply it to my life. <laughs> I know. That, that's rebellion. So some of us are like, well, I mean, pastor, it's, just, it's not that I'm rebelling. It's just that, you know, there are some times that, you know, I just kind of want to do my own thing or there are just some days that I, I just kind of want to, I'm like, all right, well, it's, if it sounds better for you, then cool. The, the, the reality is it's still rebellion. Still disobedience. Because of our own idolatry. Well, we don't have golden calves. We don't have golden statues. We don't, we don't idolize and serve these idols. Well, we've, we've talked about this briefly before. Idols don't look like that these days. They look like that in the Old Testament. Throughout the word of God. These days, idols look more like girlfriends, boyfriends, jobs, kids, cars, houses, clothing, money. These are all idols. Kids, wife, yeah. The second any, any item is desired more by you than you desiring God. Like, the second you desire anything more than you desire God, that thing has become an idol in your life. So many parents don't realize how we idolize our children. Some couples don't realize how we idolize our spouses. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Do we love our spouses? Oh, yeah. I love you, baby. Do I love my wife more than I desire the Lord? She knows that I can't do that. And she would never want me to. She would never want me to. This this. Because of our rebellion, because of our idolatry, because of our lack of willpower. Hmm. Is it me? Or is there something going on in, 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 the, in the air that just people just don't feel like doing anything? I just don't feel like doing anything. I just don't feel like, I don't feel like trying. I don't, I don't feel like working hard. I don't feel like getting involved. I don't feel like I don't feel like like serving in the church. I don't feel like helping out. I don't feel like I got enough stuff going on. I really don't feel like I don't feel like I don't feel like. Don't raise your hands on that one. It's a lot more common than you think. It's being passed around like COVID through the through society. Willingness to compromise his word. Many of us, due to our rebellion, our idolatry, our lack of willpower, and our willingness to compromise his word. 
You already know what that is. Bible says one thing, and we kind of like soften it up to perhaps get something we want or to make us feel better or to make us not feel so guilty of some of the things that we want to continue doing. So we kind of like just kind of, you know, we compromise. You know, we, 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 we enjoy this. We enjoy this church family. And some of us are still stuck enjoying a, a lifestyle of sin. And so we, we compromise. Well, God knows on Sunday. God knows he has me on Sunday. I just, all right, look, I'll give God Sunday. I'll give God Tuesday. I'll give God Thursday. But Friday and Saturday nights, whew, that's for me. I, I thought, I used, I used to live like that. I used to live like that. And it's a very dangerous place to be, and I thank God every day for his mercy and grace upon my life that I had an opportunity to repent and, and, not, and, not, and not pass away in the midst of that lifestyle. What's happening here is that we're already slaves to this evil world. But the good news is that we don't have to stay in this condition. Some of us are like, man, I am a rebellious person. Some of us are saying, you know, I do idolize certain things or certain people. Some of you are thinking like, man, you know, I wish I would have more willpower to do what is right or more, more, more of, a, uh, of a desire to get involved for the kingdom of God. Some of you are saying, like, that's what you want. But guess what? Then, then the good news is, is, yes, there's hope. There's hope because you don't have to stay in this condition. I want you to be encouraged to know that what God wants to do today is do something new in your life. Amen. We're about to begin a new year, and God has called you for a new beginning. How many of you would like to have a new beginning today? How many of us? It's, man, yo, com, yo, Abigail has this new, like, tablet thingy. Usually, you know, we had, what was it, the sketch? What was the thing that we used to have, magnet? Etch-a-sketch. We used to have the etch-a-sketch thing, right? Which only had two little knobs, which was whack, right? <laughs> then they had, they developed the same thing with, like, a pen, and then, like, the magnets, right? And you could draw stuff, and then you have to go, like, right? Well, now it's like this, it's like, it, it looks like an LED thing and everything, and all she has to do is press a button, and like, it disappears. And then she could do it again, press a button, and it disappears. I'm like, yo, these kids don't know what the struggle is. They don't know. They don't, don't know the struggle. But God wants to, he wants, like, if our life was on one of those things, and it was a big old mess, he wants to do this, bloop, and fresh slate. That's what he wants to do. Doesn't matter what we did or what we said or how we acted or how we lived or, or, or how we thought. What he wants to do today is say, you know what? Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the things of old. Don't worry about how you used to live. Today I want to do something new in your life. So the first thing he, he says here in the, in, in the verse 18 is forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. And we talked about, you know, well, there are some times that we need to forget. Now, um, people have this saying, well, I'll forget, but I won't forget, right? I won't forget, I won't forget. Listen, there are times that we need to forget some things. It's extremely important. 
Look at your person next to you and say, forget the past. One more time. Why is it so important to understand? Why is it so important to forget the past? Now, some of y'all are like, the past, but there's some memory. Now, y'all know what I'm talking about. All the bad stuff, all the junk, all that, that the way, the simple lifestyle that you used to carry, forgetting all that. Because what's happening is our adversary, our enemy, he likes to use those things, that past, that, those past mistakes, those past faults, that, that, that past false thinking, right? And he wants to accuse you with that. Yes? Come on. Yo, yo it, no, it's, it's lit in that, in that booth over there right now. Yo, it, it, what's happening is that he wants to use all that stuff, and he wants to accuse you for, um, with it right now. He will use the past to keep us slaves to our own conscience. Yo, can you believe that? So what if that was years ago, right? The enemy takes what happened years ago and he puts it in your mind. And what's happening is you, even though you're here today, your mind is stuck two years ago because he's, he's got you captive of what you've done and how you've acted two years ago. So although we're supposed to be walking in victory, you're stuck two years ago, on the things that you've done. Well, since I did this, and I live like this, I'm damaged. How could God possibly use me now? I mean, you should have seen some of the things I said. He could never use me. I could never preach, meaning because out of the same mouth, I said some horrible things, Right? I messed up. I'm too sinful. What would God want with me now? And we, we begin to think that way when the enemy is accusing you, accusing you of the things that you should forget. The devil will, keep, will use our past to keep us from leading the life that God wants us to lead. What type of life does God want us to lead? Thank you for asking, Rachel. All right, so if we turn to Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. We can go into a whole Bible study of what God wants us. You know, we know he was to love, love God, love your neighbors. We, we know that, right? But, but in a sense of how does he want us, to, how, should we, how should we be as a Christian? What does he desire us? How does he desire us to live? He desires us to live a joyful life. A joyful life. He says it, be always be full of joy. Always. When you're angry, when you're sad, when you're happy, when things go good, when they when don't go so good, always be full of joy and rejoice. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be full of joy. Always, always, always. The enemy will continue to use our past in an attempt to prevent this from happening. How can you be happy and joyful when you're being reminded 
of some of the stuff that you did that was not so pleasant. Some things that you might be ashamed of. Some things that you regret. Things that you know you should have never done. You should have never been there. You should have never went through that. And yet, the enemy likes to just keep it there. Keep it right in front of you. Stealing that joy. Stealing that happiness that you're supposed to be living in. He'll use our past to blind us. Check this out. He'll use our past to blind us of all the things that God has done, that God is doing, and that we'll continue to do. If in my mind I'm only thinking about all the bad things that I've done and I'm, I'm a, oh, I should never did that. Oh, I live like that. You're right. I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. Oh, I, you know, I'm a horrible person. You, we won't see the main, the, all the blessings that we are currently living in now. You'll miss it. You'll miss it. You'll be, you, you'll be blind to all the things that he's already done for you. You'll miss it. You'll miss all the things he wants to do for you because your eyes are stuck in the past. Now, I want us to, all right, this is where I want to clarify some things. I know some of you guys are saying, okay, so forget the past, forget the past, forget everything. I want us to know that I'm not saying that we should forget where Christ has rescued us from. There's a difference. Well, pastor it's pretty much the same thing because no 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 it's there's a difference there's a difference this is not this we, we not only remember we must remember where he rescued us from but we use it as a testimony in our lives so what happens is this two years ago i was here now i'm here what i remember is how lost in sin i was but Christ saved me. And I'm no longer in two, back two years ago. I'm no longer in the past. I'm, an, I, I'm here. I'm a new creation. Right? And so what happens is we remember the areas where Christ has rescued us from so that we can stand boldly and testify. And testify. Um, Psalm 66, 16 says, Now come and listen all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. I'll tell you what he did for me. And we use our past to be like, yo, did you know that I once was right here? Did you know I once did this? I once even said this? I once even thought this way? But because he saved me, because he rescued me, because he cleansed me and he changed me, I'm no longer that person. There's a difference. Because that's using the past to glorify the Lord. But the enemy wants to use the past to distract you, to keep you, to try to pull you back into that. And so we need to forget those things, as far as like, you know, forget it in a sense of um, uh, those enjoyments and things like that. We have to forget that and understand. I'm getting there, yo. You jumping ahead. You jumping ahead. 
<laughs> we have to forget. We have to forget. No, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. We must testify about where the Lord rescued us and to glorify God. We testify so that the glory, the power, and the mercy of God are reflected in our lives. Right? We cannot allow our past to influence the way we think or affect the way we act now. That life of sin that we once led, the life that we once were living, right? That life was leading us away from the Lord. That's something you have to remember. Like, you know, the life that you were living, that sinful life, it wasn't getting you closer to God. It was pulling you further away. And that isn't you anymore. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, so anybody, everybody sitting here, you are falling into that category. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But if we continue living in the past, if we continue living in the past, then we will never be who God wants us to be. If you entertain the accusations of the enemy, then you allow him to keep you distracted, right? He, 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 what he does is he uh, keeps us concentrated in the errors of the past. And that's something, that's where you find the distinction. The past, we don't want to stay concentrated on the errors of the past, We'll concentrate on being rescued from the past. Does that make sense to you guys? This is what happened to the Israelites. Vanessa was like 10 minutes ahead into the sermon. After more than 400 years in slavery in Egypt, after four, over 400 years, what God does is he sets them free. He sets them free, and God leads them into the promised land. He gives them victory over their enemies, right? And now they rebel against him. They rebel against God. They have experienced his power. They have experienced his majesty. They've experienced his glory, and they experience signs, wonders. But regardless of all this, They've allowed themselves to be led away from God's will and back into captivity. Do you know that's us? God does something great in our lives, and for three or four months, we're like, Woo, God, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. And then all of a sudden, the sin keeps creeps back in. The things that we should have forgotten creep back in, and they start to pull you back and pull you back. And although you experience his mercy, although you've experienced his love, his forgiveness, his grace, his power, although you've experienced all this, once again, you find yourself captive to the sins that you were once delivered from. I know there are some of you that know exactly what I'm talking about. This happens way too much. Way too much. The enemy stopped their progress by using the same demons he used to stop the progress of their ancestors in the desert. 
demons of rebellion, apathy, which is like lack of interest in, in what God desired for them, and discouragement. These same things that, God, that, that the enemy used while they were traveling in the desert, which took a couple-week trips, made it 40 years, right? Those same things, they fall into now. They're rebelling against God. There's discouragement amongst the nation. There's a lack of interest in really living up to how God wanted them to live. We can't allow the enemy to stop us. We can't allow him to invade our mind. I had to say it like that because I want you guys to picture that. What the enemy does, he invades your mind. Invades. You know I like to reminisce of my Marine Corps days, right? You know I like it, right? One of the, it, it was fun when we were just doing exercises, like training exercises. And when, you're, when you are the aggressor, it's, it's more fun than being the one that's, that's being chased. And so I remember this one time we set up, we set up this, this exercise where we invaded, we invaded an, an unexpected enemy. They really didn't know we were coming. That was part of the exercise. You know, them being surprised and us having the advantage of, of the secrecy, right? When we invaded that unit, there was chaos. They were, some of them didn't have their gun on them. Some of them were using the bathroom. Some of them were trying to eat. Some of them was, they, they was, there was no awareness. You know, when we claim to be followers of Christ and we don't have a relationship with God, a sense of reading and praying and fasting and, 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 and being just committed to serving the Lord, what happens is you get distracted with a bunch of other things. And you find your, your mind finds it, it's, itself in the same setup as that unit that was not ready. And then the devil invades your mind. And you're not ready. And it brings chaos into your life. It invades your mind. You're not ready. It, 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 uh, uh, you, maybe he's right. Maybe this is wrong. And, this, and what's happening is it causes you to miss out and to not see what God wanted to do. What God, what God wanted for you. We can't allow him to invade our minds. We have to renew the way we think. We need to concentrate on what God is doing in our life and look forward to what he's doing. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Some versions say renewing your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Renewing your mind daily. It's a daily thing. That's like, that's like keeping the guards on your mind, you know, like the little guard posts, you know, making sure that you rotate them so they don't fall asleep. Verse 19 continues to say, behold, I am doing a new thing. God wants to do something new in your life today. He wants to renew you. He wants to strengthen you. You know, um, but God is looking for people that are going to say, yeah, I trust you, God. 
He wants to do these things, but all you have to do is say, I trust you, God. Have your way. So look at the person next to you and, and be like, yo, do you, do you trust God? Yo, this is your chance to talk loud in the middle of it. Come on, do you trust God? Do you trust him? He's looking for people that will depend on him and not depend on their own personal abilities. This was happening. We, we, we're all good at something. We're all good at stuff. Some of us are good at more things than others, but we're all good at something. And what God wants is to say, you know what? I need you. I need to depend on you. I can't depend on what I think I know or how good I think I am in some things. I need to depend on you. And once this happens, you will experience the power of God in your life. Complete dependence on the Lord. Verse 19 continues. It says, now it shall spring forth. To me, I don't know about you, but this sounds like a promise to me. Al, does that sound like a promise? Al, Al, that sounds like a promise. It shall spring forth. This sounds like a promise to me. (laughs) A promise to, to all of us to let us know that he will work in our lives and he'll do it. It sounds like, I mean, it's a promise. He's promising us that he will work in our lives and he'll glorify himself in us. But interesting how it's followed by, shall you not know it? With a question mark. What does this mean? It's like, I shall bring it forth. Shall you not know it? I'm going to do this. Don't you know this? Don't you realize this? It's important to understand that many times we miss out on the blessing of God for our lives because we fail to truly believe in his promises. Do you understand that? His word is simple. It's right there in front of us. He says, I'm going to do it. He's going to do it. But some of us read it and be like, oh, he said he's going to do it. And that's why God's like, uh, hello. Do you not perceive it? Do you not, shall you not know it? Like, uh, is, is this news to you? My, my word says it. I'm going to do it. Don't, why won't you believe? Why won't you believe me when I tell you I'm going to do something in your life? And we miss out. We miss out on what God wants to do for us. We miss out on, 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 on allowing him to use this as one of his chess pieces. For the kingdom. What God wants to, what does God want to do in your life today? Verse 19 continues, says, I am making a new way in the desert. A new way in the desert and streams in the wastelands. These were words of consolation. Remember, Isaiah is speaking to Judah. Judah's heading in the wrong direction. These are words of consolation to the people of Judah. God told them that, well, he, wants, he would once again free them from slavery. That he would once again lead them. But him being God, he knew that that once again would be after Babylon. To us, these words tell us that if we trust him, he will guide us through the trials and the tribulations that we currently find ourselves experiencing right now. He wants to open for us today a new path 
filled with his presence so we can find our way through deserts of depression. Deserts of anxiety. Of wrath, hate. Unforgiveness. He wants us to he, want, he, he wants us to um, find our way and not get lost through discouragement. He wants, us to, he wants to open up a new path for us so that we can overcome rebellion. We can overcome apathy. We can overcome this lack of interest in his word. He wants to give us a drink from the fountain of the living waters so that we would never thirst again. John 4, 13 to 14 says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. We cannot allow the enemy to detour us from God's will for our lives. We can't allow him to depress or discourage us by bringing up the past in our minds. We have to stay focused. Listen, guys, this is the last Sunday of the year. I know we all make plans. We all make resolutions. We all, we all desire, okay, next year I'm going to do this. Next year I'm going to do this. Some things, though, we never do and we'll be okay, Right? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to look like I did when I joined the Marines. I think that's impossible. I mean, Kevin fit my uniform like 10 years ago, so I don't think I could ever fit it again. Something, if I, if I, don't, if I, don't, ever look, if I don't ever get like that again, guess what? I'll be okay right? There are some things that we want to do that we may never do and still be okay. But there are some things that if we don't do, we will not be okay. If you do not get your life right with God, you will not be okay. I have to say it like that. Because some people, you know, they just, people like being, people to be direct, right? Y'all don't people like, you know, Kevin, Kevin, my son is like, yo, don't, 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 don't walk around. Like, you want to tell me something? Just tell me something. Right? So the truth is this. There are some things in your life today that if you don't get right, your eternity will not be okay. It will not be okay. The people of God at that time were about to be captive once again and led into slavery by Babylon as a result of their own rebellion or as a result of their own disobedience. And yet the prophet Isaiah was bringing them words of hope as God tells them that he would free them and do greater things in the future. They failed to heed the Lord's warnings. He wanted to do a new thing in Judah. All they had to do was turn their back to sin. God is telling us the same thing this morning. He's saying, I want to do a new thing in you. 
I want to do a new thing in you this morning. All you have to do is turn your back to sin. Turn your back to some of the habits that we've picked up along the way. Some of the things that we just seem to not be able to let go. All we got to do is turn our back to those things. He wants to do something new in your life. If you ask yourself, are you tired of being stuck in like a destructive cycle, a circle of destruction? You know what that looks like? It looks like you go through some drama in your life, right? And then when you think it's almost done, it's something else. And then you think, and it's something else. You don't even talk to people like that? Like, yo, don't even talk to me. Don't even talk to me. You always got drama. You always got something going on. You never happy. You never joyful. Like, yo, I'm depressed. I talked to you for 10 minutes. I get depressed myself. There are people stuck. I know that I know that we run from people like that, but that person needs to be saved. That person needs to be set free. That person needs to understand that there is a reason to be joyful. Right? And so what happens is some of us are stuck in this, in, in this destructive cycle over and over, a sinful cycle. And God is saying, I want to do something new in your life today. And I want to set you free from that. Can you guys stand with me this morning? Prayer team, can you, can you come up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are going to be in a new year soon. We are entering a new year. Some of us, you know what? Let's, let's use what comes our way, right? New year, let's be like, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to make a commitment that 2022 is not going to be like 21. My spiritual walk, my spiritual walk in 2022, I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to be intentional. Because that's what it takes. Being intentional, making an effort. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. And guess what? If you've never done it, we're all going to do it together as a church next month. We can all do it together. We can all do it together. Are you ready for the Lord to do a new thing in your life? Are you ready? Do you want the Lord to do a new thing in your marriage, a new thing in your family, a new thing at your job, a new thing within yourself. Do you want that? Do you want that? Or are your thoughts of the past keeping you from moving forward? Well, I do want this, but you don't understand what I did. I do want a new thing, but you don't understand that I love God, but I don't know if he could ever... 
Does that sound like you? Because what God is saying today is, listen, listen, listen. Take a deep breath. Forget about the past. Because when you come to me and you repent of it, I press the erase button. And it's no longer there. You currently find yourself a captive to sin in your life. God wants to do a new thing. And the question is, will you let him do a new thing in your life? Yo, this is perfect. This is perfect. You know, new year, new me, new God. New relationship with God. You know how, you, you know how it is. We all know how it is. I know it's good to try to motivate you guys to, to do well for yourselves in the eyes of the world for the new year. But none of that matters for eternity. And so we could talk about you know, how to do better next year with this and how to do better with that. And, and what's most important is your eternity. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We can't just say, all right, well, 2022, I'm going to ride it out one last year. And then in 23, I'll get my life right. We know people that, that, that in 2021 are not going to see 22. Many of us know that. We've lost several within our, our family, our church family. We can't think that way. We need to be ready now. And then when you get ready, then be like, all right, well, since I'm ready already, how can I help someone else get ready? Since, since I'm ready to go with the Lord, how can I help someone else get ready? How can I serve in the kingdom? He wants to do a new thing in your life, and the question is, are you going to let him do it? We want to pray with you this morning, and it's really simple. Because the thing is, he wants to do a new thing in your life. Many of you want him to do a new thing in your life. And the question is, will you let him do it? Well, yeah, I'm going to let him do it. Well, okay, if you're going to let him do it, that means you need to surrender yourself to him. If you're going to let him do it, that means that you have to obey him. If you're going to let him do it, that means that, that you have to surrender your desires and your will and submit to his if you want to see something new in your life. The altar's open, and as we pray, I just, I invite you to come up for prayer. Father God, right now we just go before you. The altar is open for those, Father, right now that, that are saying, you know what, enough is enough. I need you to do a new thing in my life. I need you to do a new thing in my life, oh Lord. I'm tired of going in circles. I'm tired of being a prisoner to the past, my, uh, the, my past thoughts. I'm tired of the enemy trying to bring up my past to discourage me from moving forward in my walk with you. I want something new, Lord. I want a fresh anointing upon my life. The altar is open. We want to pray with you. Some of us are struggling. 
We're struggling to surrender ourselves to him. And we need him to help us. Father God, right now we come before you. We pray that you continue to stir the hearts of those that are here, those that are watching. This year is coming to an end. And a new year is birthing. Father, we ask that in this new year, you begin something new in us. That you begin something new in us as individuals. And that you begin something new in us as, a light, as, as Lighthouse family. As a church body. That you do something new. Have your way, Lord God. As we stand here praying, Lord, if there's someone that has yet to give their life to God, if there's someone that has been sitting here or watching online that says, I have yet to give my life to God, to make that decision, to serve Him, to follow Him, and, and you know what, I think I want to make that decision today. Then today is the day for salvation. We invite you to the altar. If you're here in person, we invite you to send us a message. If you're watching online, we want to pray with you. If you're watching online and you want to receive Christ today, if you're standing here, you want to receive Christ today. Let's pray together. Father God, I I'm a sinner and I need you. I'm a sinner and I need you, Lord. Today I want to make a decision to receive you into my heart. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for me, for my sins, and that on the third day you rose and you defeated death. Father, come into my life. Help me, Lord, become a disciple for you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place today. I thank you, Father God, for the new things that you are going to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.